0: hi
1: hi hi this is foster kids unite uh podcast uh tiny cooper speaking and today's guest is patrick from uh, LegallyKidnapped.com. hi how are you
0: good how are you
1: i'm sorry about the technical difficulties um finally i got it right <laughs> um, yeah
0: just click through finally
1: yeah sorry about that um it That's happens right. this is what happens when you don't have a big team now Um,
0: you probably you know it's a new it seems like a new program but
1: it is they changed it on us so that's what that's what the problem is
0: yeah
1: (laughs) it was so much simpler before but now it's all this uh press here and do that and wait for this so i apologize um so yeah if you if you're just tuning in uh this is foster kitchen act incorporated Uh, podcast and uh we try to do a monthly podcast and have uh, a topic in reference to foster care foster children uh adoption uh anything thereof um this week we decided we're going to take a different approach and talk about um perhaps people that don't actually um get uh, their children back easy or why the children don't go back so easily with a family member um in some cases um so um uh, Patrick, I know your site um uh, tell us about your site how about that first first tell us where they can go look and then tell us about your site.
0: Well, my site is um legally kidnapped dot com mm-hmm. and um what I'm doing basically is preserving the record mm-hmm. um for a lot of the um problems that we need to fix
1: mm-hmm.
0: whether it be in the child protective or the foster care system mm-hmm. um you know, it, it, on the surface, you know, when you see a lot of the news media reports, the reporters tend to be very friendly to the system
1: Yes. and
0: you don't get a lot of the um, truth of how it really is. There's a lot of secrecy um, and there, there's just a lot of problems with it that need to be addressed.
1: Definitely that. Uh you know, sometimes, uh, well, you know, the system fails at times and, you know, we can't figure out why, but it definitely does. Um, you have, uh, I was trying to get a hold of uh, Shelly because uh, she's an example of a grandmother who, um, you know, her something happened with her daughter uh, and, and the son uh, and their child, uh, the child, and um, they're not able to get, she's not able to get custody of them for some reason or another. Now, I know there's always three sides of every story, um but mm-hmm. what it sounds like from what she's telling me, it doesn't make sense that these kids are still in foster care when they were a grandmother that perfectly is capable of taking care of them and wants them um so
0: you know I... you know it's hard to say i mean the, there's a number of reasons mm-hmm. I, I've seen some grandparents, I know some grandparents who have been fighting tooth or nail um mm-hmm. and they're doing all the right things, but mm-hmm. the problem is they're not considered a party to the case, uh-huh. and so they really have no say in what happens to the child and um you know there are times when you know if they terminate the parents' rights and the kids mm-hmm. are living with the grandparents
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know they might take that kid away from the grandparents and try to adopt them out because the child has now been you know the rights have now been terminated uh, but
1: yes. yes
0: depends on you know where she is in her case and i mean you know every every case is different mm-hmm. so it's not like i can come up with a universal way to you know win against cps because mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean there are many ways there are many things that you have to do but you know it's best to be on top of it from the start
1: well, what are some of the advice that you can give um, our, our listeners on uh, if they have a case uh, where they're trying to get a family member uh, out of foster care or or maybe a parent who didn't do it? Now, my only thing is if you're a parent that sexually abused your child or beat your child, um, I've, I'm the personal believer that you should never be reunified. That's just my personal opinion. My personal belief, you should never be really especially if you sexually abuse a child, never, under no circumstances, should that child ever go back home. So barring that, um, anybody, uh, if anybody's out there listening and needs advice, what would you say?
0: You know, uh, th- there are a few things that you can do. Um, number one is to document everything. Mm-hmm. <clears> throat> uh, throat> yeah. Make sure that, you know, if you make a phone call, you write it down and you have the dates and times. Um, because they'll sit there and say, oh, well, you never tried to get hold of me. And then you have, you know, a list of 10 times you tried to call and mm-hmm. left voicemails and left messages with the receptionist, get mm-hmm. the name of the receptionist. Okay. You know, I mean, the, there's, and, you know, it, it's really best to stay organized. Okay. And to, you know, address everything that is in any court orders, because if they're removing your children, mm-hmm. then there's a court order. Mm-hmm. and that court order should spell out what you need to do to get the child back. Now, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. you know, it's not as cut and dry as you do this and we'll give you the kid back. It doesn't work that way. Right.
1: It's
0: not, you know, they may be a lot of hoops that you have to jump through and, you know, things may require a lot of work. Like, um, you know, for example, if you're there's a heroin epidemic
1: Yes, Oxycontin's is very big. I'm I'm a substance abuse counselor. i that's my other gig.
0: Yeah. So I mean that that's you know a big problem that leads to you know a major increase in the number of foster kids. Yes. Like in my state, you know, yes. I'm not sure. No other states, It might be meth and in another state. It might, you know.
1: Right. No, absolutely. Still, still the same thing. I mean, you know, I went it, in for heroin addiction
0: and now it's back. You know, and 40 it.
1: Forty years it's later. Every-
0: never easy to get off of that so i mean it can be a lot of work but you know if you're on drugs obviously that's the thing you got to get off and uh you know they're supposed to help you Mm -hmm. Um, like if they take your kid and the judge says well you need to go to counseling so then it's the job of cps you know or the caseworker to you know help you find a counselor Mm -hmm. and the only problem that i have with that is helping and everything you're getting somebody who's friendly to them. You're getting somebody who's, you know, working with them from contracts. So mm-hmm. if it's possible, you know, I recommend getting your own and by doing that, instead of, you know, having somebody who works for CPS, you're getting somebody who works for you and can advocate for you. Right. You know, whether it be writing a letter right. know, to the to the court or, you know, I mean, your lawyer would, you know, pretty much handle that, but you know, by doing these things, staying organized, documenting everything, you know, you're really helping your lawyer to do his job. And uh, if you don't, and, you know, I mean, unfortunately, I've known parents who've gone, you know, done it and done everything they had to do to get the kids back and they won their cases. And I know people who, you know, a year later have no idea what's in any of the paperwork because they get them and it just piles up and they don't even read it. Wow. And they you know, at what CPS comes back at them with.
1: Well, that's uh I mean, do you think it I mean I I mean I know it it's all about the money, but a lot of these contracts I think are kind of scary because that's what keeps people in limbo so long. Um you know yeah. um even when kids uh, age out um you know I knew a young man who was aging out um but he got in some trouble with marijuana so he sends him to a rehab so He was uh, sexually abused in the group home that he was in by the counselors or whoever, Um, but he didn't want to tell because he said he's going to end up going, staying in the same group home longer, and he was about to age out. So if he tells, there's so much paperwork to go through it, and he'll probably have to be around the same people because they they weren't going to take care of it the way they're supposed to, that he said um, that it was literally like uh, his biggest fear was someone telling because now he's got to stay instead of leaving in 30 days he's going to be staying there for longer until they get all the paperwork right so everything <laughs> comes down to paperwork and money uh it appears to me uh which is really um really sad because uh, so many kids um that could be home uh if they had interver- intervention services but see they, they don't want to do intervention services because that means less money for them You know what I'm saying? If they, if they say, okay, like my mother was a heroin addict. So if they were to say, let's go in and help this family, she's on heroin. Let's see if we can get her in a program treatment and get her help. Back then they wouldn't, that was 60s, 70s. Forget about it. It was not happening. Matter of fact, the drug epidemic after Vietnam just started exploding, especially in the black neighborhoods. They started bringing heroin in and, you know, doing all this crazy stuff. Uh, So, you know, it wasn't going to happen then, but let's say 2018, if a family uh, if it's drugs uh, that the mother is abusing and none of the kids have been abused or sold and nothing crazy like that. Um, why can't they say, let's get this person in a program. All right. We'll take care of these kids until the mother completes the program. Um, and even if she doesn't, there's gotta be one family member that's legit to take. I mean, I had nine aunts and uncles. Why didn't anybody ask any of them to take us? You know, I found out later, but my, the, my aunt said my mother was very uh, adamant about us staying up in uh you know, Bedford versus Bed-Stuy. So, and, uh, you know, and I I hear that's a good thing that it happened. So sometimes it's good foster care works for people, but there's times where I know they don't have to be in there. It's all about the money. And if it's going to be about the money, that's fine too. But I teach foster kids that, well, let's make them work for their money. Because that's the truth. You know what I'm saying? Make sure you're going to get your free education. Make sure you're going to get transitional housing. You're going to get a Section 8 title if you need it, whatever it is you need. You
0: know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, so. but that a lot of that depends on what state you're in.
1: Exactly. Oh, definitely. I see that clearly, hands down.
0: Everything you know is different from one state to the next. They all it
1: absolutely is. Yeah, you know, and,
0: and some states it's different depending on what county you're in. Oh yeah. Like oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. for example, you know, Los Angeles County runs their own child welfare system as does every other county in the state. Mm. And so they all have their own policies and procedures, and right. yeah. you know, these things. And a lot, of, you know, some states, I mean, there have been test states, you know, recently because there was a waiver program mm-hmm. um, from a few years back. And what this waiver program was designated mm-hmm. to do is mm-hmm. take some of the federal dollars that are designated specifically for foster care mm-hmm. and, you know, enable the, um, you know, CPS to use that particular money for family preservation programs. Mm. And the states that have done this have found that they were able to lower the number of foster kids in the States. um, You know, like Maine did this, I think um, Mm -hmm. Utah was one, Oregon was one a while back. I mean, you know, but then, you know, in Maine, you know, we became leaders at keeping the kids in the home um by providing services to the parents while the kids were still in the home and you know supervision monitoring them with child protective and you know it became very successful because they were able to cut the number of foster kids in half this was between like 2001 and 2011
1: right and, and was that was
0: a... under, that was also under a democratic governor mm. and now we have a, a republican governor who's very very anti welfare mm. and he he's very what And welfare. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I mean he's a Republican governor. The Republicans are generally against, you know, a lot of these programs. And what he did was he came in and under the guise of welfare reform, Mm -hmm. got as many of these services as he could. Hmm. So now, you know, the number of foster kids is creeping back up.
1: Yes. Well, but well, the the numbers are fudged, in my opinion, too, because here is the thing: you could there was 500 something thousand kids in care. And now it's down to a quote unquote, 350,000 crap, bull crap. But the real truth of it is that's because, um, if it's grandma watching you, then now not putting that as classifying as foster care. But in my, and the real truth is to me, it still is. It's not your mother and your father. So it's still, it still is. And there's everybody still getting paid. So it still is. Um, but they changed the name, the wording to soften it, I guess. Um, and they're adopting off a lot more kids a lot quicker, which is what scares me. Um, yes. And a lot of kids coming from like China, Russia. Um, like one of my friends, he told me he was sold for twenty thousand dollars. My thing is, oh really? He was sold for twenty thousand dollars? You don't think you think that was really a legitimate sale? Like, do you think that was really through it? No, they went through an agency. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Some tells me I. Plus well, right.
0: the international adoption numbers are way down in the United States Um, and, you know, countries like Ethiopia have banned foreign adoptions altogether. Good. Because these kids are
1: being sexually abused a lot, some of them, not all of them, some of them being sexually abused, and they're making sure they cut off their heritage so that these poor kids grow up feeling so unplaced and misplaced and, you know, not feeling like they know anything about their culture. They can't even identify with their own culture. That's sad. That's sad. If I'm going to take a girl from China or Russia, I'm going to Russia and China on a family trip every like five years and we're going to find out what town they're from. You know what I'm saying? What are, what are Russian customs or what are Chinese customs? That's the way you're supposed to do it. Right. Not just say, well, you're just going to all of a sudden be a, bat, a, you know, a black Baptist. You know what I'm saying? That's it. You know, Because they, they're confused when they get to see other people that look like them and say, wait a minute. why Why, we, why don't we do that? We don't go here. We don't do that they're not going to understand that they, they're going to be, it's going to be foreign for them to hang out with people that look like them, even though they are probably from the same place. And it's going to be foreign for them to hang out with regular people because they don't look like them either. So there's no teaching of self-love and teaching of self-culture so that you can enjoy everybody else's culture. You know, I believe if you, you, if you know about your own, you have no problem with anybody else. I think your racism is less likely if your parents or foster parents adopt her, whoever, trains you that, you know, what your thing is or whatever that is um, and then branches you to to be introduced to other people so that you're, everybody's comfortable and not feel like they're a foreigner in their own
0: place. If you look at some of the um, adoptive communities, I guess you could say, yeah. you could take like, um, you know, I, I can group people into things like the evangelical Christians um, mm-hmm. and one of the things that they You know, some sects of this, I guess, sects, not, um, they believe that they have this moral obligation to adopt, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and so some of it, some of them will do it out of foster care, Mm -hmm. and some of them will do it from, you know, foreign countries if they can do it. But um, the foreign adoption numbers are really down now because the Trump administration has made it really hard for these, you know, families to obtain visas. Um, for the children. So, I mean, there are cases Mm. right now that, you know, I just posted one, you know, last week where there was a family who can't bring, um, a child. I I think it's from China because they can't get the visa. Mm. Um, and then there are issues now where some of these kids who were brought over here, you know, the, the Trump administration is trying to deport them.
1: Oh, wow. Oh, boy. oh where because the, he, we're the ones from Africa? <laughs> well, not, not
0: necessarily Africa. I mean, there, there was a Korean, there's a Korean family. Oh, really?
1: Um, That's surprising.
0: Father um, is a soldier. He's a U.S. soldier. Oh. And they adopted to the kid from Korea, but the kid is, you know, getting a little older and they want to deport the kid because I guess some technicality mm-hmm. um, or some issue with the paperwork or something that they just can't work seem to work out. That's so, you that's know, what family it is. is planning on moving to South Korea if this happens. That's crazy. Um, I can't believe it, it, it is. It's ridiculous. I mean, that's hard that's yeah, because you know, some adoption. of these kids,
1: some places I mean, really need it. Uh, so I understand that I'm, I'm all for it. If, if if like like I said before, so you know about your culture because uh, I know there's places where you know some of the orphans is in Russia in certain places where uh, kids are being sold for sex. I mean, it's disgusting. India is horrible. You know, mm-hmm. uh, they have different places have horrible, horrible ethics on their orphanages and the things they do to make money. It's disgusting. Just, even a place yeah. in Texas actually uh, was uh, a kid's age. There was a place where the kids age out. Get it? Come over here. Come here. The kids age out and they um, are are trafficking them. Yep. Literally, trafficking them. It was like, what is going on with our world, man? You know? Well,
0: is okay, for on? the kids are vulnerable. And, you know, I mean, you know, I think it's a lot, you know, they, they're they not nurtured by their parents. So they're bounced through a system instead. So they're lacking the love
1: mm-hmm. and
0: these people come in and they give them that love. And then they, um, and that's one of the easiest ways, but you know, uh, there's a huge, you know, child trafficking scam going on, you know, kids in foster care go out on the street. You know, I mean, it, there, there's just so many who run away. Um, you know, I live in a city, have a teen center here, and that teen center, I, I believe it's like 89% of the kids in there you know, have ran away from the foster care system. Mm-hmm. Um, the rest of them, for whatever reason, whether they're abused or they just couldn't get in place. Yeah. You know? I know well, the DA um, just places them there now because they don't have any homes. so they're just putting them in the teen center, and then they are running the streets. Yep.
1: It's a big, big, big problem, and I don't know uh, how to really address it. You know, um, I started Foster Kitchen Night Inc. to help aged out youth with little things, uh, non-traditional services. Um, You know, we're not large, but we try to do what we can if we hear of something of, you know, someone that needs help. Uh, We try to get them through school um, because really that's the only best weapon is education, Um, education or a tool that you can turn into money one of the yep. other like like drawing or writing singing or something like that that's another way writing or whatever um have that's you ever true. have you ever heard of the book um the lost children of wilder no no oh this is um it was a uh, about the tro- struggle of foster care by Nina Bernstein it was a great book if you ever want to read about the history of foster care and how it became a money making business <laughs> you definitely want to change it definitely want to read that book um, the one that the lost- set me
0: off was called Memoirs of a Baby Stealer, and that was written by a foster named Mary Callahan from Maine.
1: Oh, wow, really? But is it called Memories of a Baby Stealer?
0: Memoirs of a Baby
1: Stealer
0: by Mary Callahan. And basically what she found was that, you know, in Maine, and this is just when I was getting started in this too, because we had an issue with CPS when my daughter snuck out the back door, Mm -hmm. ran around Front of the house, and my wife goes chasing her out. And somebody picked her up and called the police, and the police came and they called Child Protective, and we had them investigate. You know, I mean, it just became a big, big, you know, right? Um, which you know, nothing came out of it eventually, but I had to fight them off and I had to appeal their decision,
1: right?
0: You know, it was took like a year and a half of
1: uh, wow, oh man. So, your daughter had the same care for a year and a half.
0: No, my kids never went to foster care themselves.
1: Oh, my God. Okay. They just Um, came around and watched.
0: I have a stepson who is in foster care. And, um, you know, he was abused when he was in foster care. And I never met him until he was like um, 14 years old. So, you know, I I married his mother when she was fighting and her rights were terminated like Mm -hmm. six weeks after our daughter was born. And, you know, we were investigated because that worker reported us to a worker in our county, we were investigated and um, we were allowed to keep our daughter, you know, because, you know, quote, we were great parents. And, um, you know, then six weeks later, her rights were terminated to her son, which was with a, you know, from a different father and um, his father was abusive, but, you know, he's long gone and, she just couldn't get her son back, but, you know, 10 years after they terminated her rights, mm-hmm. they called her up and apologized. And, uh, and we went up and met this kid. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, he was really, really messed up. I mean, they had him on seven different pills a day, uh, living in a group up in Northern Maine. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it took us like an hour and a half to drive there from where we lived.
1: Oh Wow. That's crazy. Well, um, I'm, I'm hoping that, um, more people will wake their eyes up to that things are not always as they seem to be. Um, I know there's a lot of good books out there. This guy, uh, what's his name, Carlos Morales, he wrote a book with the uh, illegally kidnapped. It's called "The Case Against Child Protective Services." Um, th- that's another one. Um, but um, I guess we have to stay alert and um, do some of the advice that you gave. Document everything you that you uh, that you deal with them. Make sure you document it. Write it all down, dates and times. Um, your mail gets certified uh, in the name of who you spoke to. Um, you know, we don't have that much longer left, but is there any, um, any other advice you have or anything else? Uh?
0: Yeah. If you're a, a parent fighting for your kid, the last thing you really want to do is publicize your case. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I'm seeing more and more of people doing, you know, like I have, you know, close to 5,000 friends on Facebook mm-hmm. and, um, you know, so many of them have lost their cases because, you know, they they were so hell bent on speaking out against the injustice instead of doing what they had to do to get the kid back. And so, you don't really think there's... so?
1: See, I, I I don't know if I agree with that. As a former reporter, I know that once you put fire into somebody's butt, if they're doing wrong, it's going to come out.
0: But the the cases that I've seen that happen with have been pretty extreme. <laughs> oh. You know, I mean, like there was a case in Pennsylvania where a um, Mother had a newborn baby, and she ate that morning a poppy seed bagel from Dunkin' Donuts mm-hmm. and tested positive for opiates because of it. And they yeah. took her kid for a month. The first month of this kid's life was, you know, away from his mother. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the media got a hold of that, and the media, you know, generated public outrage. But nine out of 10 times, the media is not going to be friendly to the parents. Mm-hmm. And you know so what, was I, the, what
1: was the media saying? Because my thing as a um, as an addiction specialist is, if she tested positive for opioids. I mean, uh, um, trust me, I know that poppy seeds bagels can give that kind of a thing, but they could have did a hair sample to see if how if this was really just the bagel or if this is a long term thing.
0: Well, they they you know tested her again and she tested negative, but
1: okay, yeah, okay, so it, it was colors. just one
0: of them, right? Yeah. That's how I, I, I mean, mean it's so. not something that you know was an ongoing problem i mean it was a minuscule amount Mm -hmm. that they tested her on so i mean but this is the case another case was um where this father took his son to a detroit lions baseball game Mm -hmm. and his father was a college professor who never had a drink in his life you know and thought he was getting his kid a lemonade but mistakenly got him a mike's hard lemonade not realizing it was an alcoholic beverage and he ended up not being able to go home for like months, you know. I mean, they had to, you How know, would he
1: mistake that? His kid no, away. I'm confused, especially the baseball they ID you. He
0: he didn't know, you know. I mean, he he just thought he was buying his kid a lemonade. He didn't under he didn't watch TV so he never saw all the no, advertising it's Not
1: that. Him. But Mike's Hard Lemonade, I know for a fact, you have to be ID'd. There's no way you can buy one of those just randomly. No, he, oh, bought
0: yeah. it. he bought it. He bought it for the kid. You know, he didn't realize was it. was.
1: that's a... I'm It, it says um, there's no way to mistake a, I, In my opinion, I would think there's no way to mistake that for a regular lemonade. That's just my opinion. It would be weird to me. If
0: I, I... I, you know, yeah, but you're familiar with the drink, too. You know what I mean? Yeah, oh, what I know it? it
1: very well. And, I, and I, it does look like...
0: Regular lemonade.
1: You there, you there. Yeah. I'm sorry about that. Yeah. I apologize. There's no way to mistake it. Wait a minute, huh? Wait. There's oh, no well, way to mistake it because, um, as a, uh, trust me,
0: where I... the media was able to generate the public outrage, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, and that, thats what you're trying to do with the media. But you know, more often than not, the media won't even take the case. So really, all of this publication comes out on social media, like Facebook or YouTube, or mm-hmm. well, like that, and they'll use against you and you know I've seen it more often than not and the people you know aren't out there you know they're out there screaming against injustice they're out there CPS is corrupt and and they are you know I mean
1: oh 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 you're saying that they may be too
0: really going out to the news media and saying you know getting a reporter to you know tell their story because you know usually these cases you know have confidentiality Laws in place which prevent these You know Reporters from telling the stories And it's usually just a pretty extreme Cases where you know It's really outrageous Like you know the Bagel case or the case where Mom you know Went and took her kids and left her kid You know walked 15 feet away To give money to a Salvation Army Kettle Brought her other kids back and you know ended up losing her baby because she left him in the car for like
1: well that that to me is that you should lose your child leaving your car in the car I mean who would leave a kid in the car for anything that's just me
0: she she walked just a, a few feet away wouldn't matter I, if you
1: uh wouldn't matter where you go I'm a mother I know I would never it's turn a my, head to my, my kids. I know but a, I'm, I'm just saying angry I
0: would either but you know I mean it's yeah. just, you know and it's not like the kid was left in the car for hours, you know? I mean, it's like the kid was left in the car for about five seconds oh, yeah. while the mother and her other children, oh, you know, yeah. it, it, you don't take an infant out into a snowstorm. And, and I guess it was one of those situations. Right. But, you know, I mean, you know, the thing is, is that the other thing is you can't really judge parents, you know, and parents are, really get a raw end of the deal when it comes to like, right. you know, uh, if, if any of these stories make the news mm-hmm. that, you know, you look at, sections under these news articles online. You know, all those horrible parents, and you know, they should, like, hang them. They should, you know, <laughs> right. lock them up and throw away the key. Right. You know, so, I mean, there's very little support because, you know, the, the general public is really un, uneducated on child abuse and what they see on TV is only the most absolute horrific cases.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so they don't see the kid who was taken away because they got a spanking. Right. You know, they see the kid who was taken away because they got, you know, the crap beat out of them. Um, so it's, you know, there's a big difference in severity levels. So, I mean, just because somebody's involved with child welfare doesn't mean they're a monster. It might mean, well, she's like 17 years old and on her own and doesn't have the supportive family. And now she's a new mom. I mean, you know, there's a million different reasons somebody can get involved with child welfare that doesn't even have anything to do with abuse.
1: Right. That's true. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. true. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's there's a lot of a lot of reasons, but um, uh, we'll have to do a part two one time, uh, because we're running out of time. Uh, I told you I wouldn't keep you as long, um, but any uh last um any last goodbyes, as they say, and tell people about the website again.
0: Uh, the website is legally kidnapped. Um, uh, and what what I do is I basically you know watch news feeds and. Um, track all of the things that are wrong with the system uh-huh. and, you know, sorry, and to be sorry. fixed. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, anything that's coming yeah. out that they're doing that's right, I try to document that too. But we're preserving the record because, you know, people don't really realize how bad the system is. When the news talks about it, it's a, you know, they get a totally different view. It's almost like a painted picture. Mm-hmm. You know, okay. The blue skies, right, and, right. you know, oh. they make it look like Disneyland. Oh, and well.
1: We thank you so much for um, taking the time to talk with us. Um, oh, thank you. And um, as you've heard it from Legally Kidnapped, that's Pat Dick and uh, LegallyKidnapped.com. Did I say it correct? And um, yep. this is your host, Tanya Cooper and Prosecution Aid Podcast. And we're signing out till next month. We'll see you all very soon. And thank you very much for listening in. All right. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Thank you, Pat.